Hey everyone, this is Peter Vantine from First Love Ministries. Our host, Mark Fee, is currently in Costa Rica teaching the First Love curriculum to students at the Vita 220 Discipleship School. So we would appreciate your prayers for him and the students there. For the next two podcast episodes, we'll be bringing you a previously recorded sermon that Mark gave on 1 John chapter 4. Let us love one another. Here's Mark. I can't tell you how nice it was to drive up this morning with the sunshine and, and the sky blue. And all I could think of was Psalm 36, when the psalmist said, Lord, your love reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains and your justice like the great deep. How priceless is your unfailing love. You need days like today to remember just how big. Thank you, God, for the sky. All right, so 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, and as I mentioned at the very beginning, dear friends is agape toi, which is from agapeo, agape, which means beloved ones, loved ones. Let us love one another. We've heard this already several times in the letter. It's not new. But now what proceeds is, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, beloved ones, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God... But if we love one another, God lives or dwells, abides in us, and His love is made complete in us. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. And in this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like Him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because... He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. We're going to go five through the first part of three. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. And this is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. This is love for God, to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. Now I want to begin 
with this last part, beginning with verse 20, where again he says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hate his brother, he is a liar. For if anyone does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This second part of this section here is all about our love for God. And there at the beginning of chapter 5, he tells us as plain and as clear as he can what love for God is. Love for God is to obey his commands. And his command is to love one another. Now, this is not new to us. We are about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and about loving our neighbor as ourselves, and to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. This is what we're about. This is what we do. So to hear that love for God, or that we're to love God, is not new for us, is it? But I think sometimes we fail to recognize that there's almost a way that we could say this, that the most important way to love God is by obeying His command, and His command is to love one another. So the most important way that we can love God is by loving one another. In fact, this becomes really, really clear to us in the three Gospels, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, Luke's Gospel, and chapter 10. Each one talks a little bit different about this great command, but it's in Mark's Gospel where he talks about the fact that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. But then he says, there is no greater commandment, singular, than these. No greater commandment, singular, than these. To love God primarily by loving one another. And sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes we'd rather just love God for God and just enjoy God. There's Charlie Brown who said that the earth would be a great place if it just didn't have people in it. I think a lot of people feel that way about church. Church would be a great place. God would be great if it didn't have people in it. But boy, I hope to blow that up to kingdom come this morning. Because nothing could be further from the truth and nothing could be further from the joy that God has for us than the church being made up of us, people. See, as we look in the letter, we find out that he's been telling us in several places that we're to love our brother and not hate that's fine, we get that, it's very clear. But in the letter, you would think that the primary reason for loving one another is simply because it's command. In chapter 2, he told us that this is the message that you heard from the beginning, to love one another. In John chapter 3, 14 and 15, he says this is the command, that we're to love one another. That's been clear, it's been continuous, it's been over and over and over again. And in the end, it could be the primary reason alone why we would try to love one another. But see, the difficulty with it being rooted only in the command is that it gives us this sense that somehow it's just duty, that somehow we just have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just try a little harder to love. You could hear the beginning statements of my message this morning as being, well, to love God is to obey His commands. And if that were the only thing you heard, the sad part about that is that we would miss out on one of the most profound reasons for loving God and loving one another that's beyond command. For you see, in this section of John's letter, 
What is so profoundly wonderful is that in this letter, he gives us the most wonderful reason to love. Not because it's command alone. And there are days that we even have to just do it because we know it's the right thing to do. But the greatest motivation, the greatest motivation to love God and to love others, as John's going to point out to us as we just read, is that it comes from our experience of who God is and our experience of his love in our lives. See, if we go back to verse 7, verse 7 he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And at the end of verse 8 there he says, For God is love. See, this is so important that it starts off with letting us know who God is. Now, there's many scriptures. He began even in chapter 1 by saying that God is light. And in fact, it was because we are children of light that we would love one another. That was chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. But here we find out that God is love. But what's so awesome about this is that it's not just an attribute. It's not just a characteristic God didn't just leave it as an idea that we were to be told about, but then he actually put it into action. Right? Verse 9 and verse 10, he says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It started off with the fact that God is love, and it was out of that love that he sent his son into the world that we might live through him, and that he might be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then comes verse 11. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And probably 19 would be the parallel verse. We love because he first loved loved us. Verse 11, therefore, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Now, I know that's what the text says, but my experience growing up in church is it's as though the chapter ended at verse 11. And here's what I mean. I heard growing up that God was love. And I heard how God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus into the world. We read about it in the Gospels. And I heard and saw in communion, month after month after month, how God demonstrated his love by Jesus dying for us. And then verse 11, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And it's as though his love stopped on that day. Because see, my church experience was that we would come to church, we would hear about how Jesus loved, we'd hear about how God loved, we would remind one another how God demonstrated his love on the cross, and then we'd go out there and try to do it. You see, what's so incredible about this is that it's not just John who's saying that we love because he first loved us, is that this is how Jesus did it. In John 15, 9, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. That's how he did it. And then the new command, and still for so many of us, we just fail to recognize that new really is new. 
There were 613 commands, not 612, not 614, 613, until John 13, 34, when Jesus said, a new command I give to you, love one another. Well, that's not new. A new command I give to you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. A new command I give to you, as I love you, so you must love one another. But here's how I grew up in church hearing that verse. A new command I give to you, love one another. As you read in your Bible and hear sermons and Bible studies about how I loved Israel and how I loved the disciples, try to love. Hello? Honestly, isn't that kind of what it felt like? Again, it's as though it ended at verse 11. Since God so loved us, he is love. He loved us through Jesus. Let's go out there and try to love. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And in order to love as loved, you have to be loved first. Which is what John said in 419, isn't it? We love because he first loved us. That verse turned my life around 19 years ago. After being a Christian for 18 years, I didn't like being a Christian anymore. And I'm dead serious. It was hard. It was hard reading the Bible and teaching and preaching and listening and hearing all the things I was supposed to do to measure up and then failing all the time. I couldn't wait to go to church and hear how I failed and then go out the door and try harder and fail more. Boy, it's fun to come to church. Oftentimes I kid about the fact that no wonder sometimes we don't bring friends to church. He said, look, it's tough enough trying to measure up to the standards on the outside. We'll bring inside and make it twice as bad. (laughs) But the glorious, glorious truth of being in this age of Jesus and the Spirit was the fact that it's no longer about simply knowing that there's a command to love and then doing your darndest to try to do it. The greatest thing about this passage, the greatest thing, and remember, John's the one who was right there on Jesus' shoulder. John was the one who hung out with him day and night and night and day. This is where this is coming from because he hung out with the master. He saw it, he heard it, he lived it. And now John is reminding them, yes, from the beginning, we were told to love. Yes, this is the message. Yes, this is the command. But it's not just a command. The coolest thing about our faith is that it's relational and experiential. That the love that God demonstrated then he still wants to demonstrate to us today and that's what motivates us to love because he still first loves us see this is why then it doesn't stop at verse 11 it goes to verse 12 verse 12 is awesome and the ones that keep going no one has ever seen God no one has ever seen God But if we love one another, present tense, God lives, dwells, abides, whichever translation you're reading, among us. And his love, the NIV says, is made complete. The idea is that it reaches maturity. It reaches full measure, full expression. His love reaches full measure in us. 
And then he goes, how do we know that God dwells among us? How do we know that he lives among us? He says, by the spirit that he's given us. He already told us that in chapter 3, verse 23. And this is how we know that God lives in us and us in him. By the spirit that he's given us. Then in verses 14 and 15, he tells people how they can get connected to God. How they can get connected and become a believer. He says, we've seen and testify that God sent his son into the world and that he is the son of God. And if you believe that, you too can become a part of this family and God will dwell in you and you in him by his spirit. And then comes verse 16. So we know and rely on the love that God has for us. Sometimes the little things in Greek are cool. You still get it from the English, but the cool thing about this is that Greek's got all kinds of different tenses. And in this case, this verb, to know and to rely on, is in the perfect tense. And the cool thing about the perfect tense is that it always has to do with an action that you've experienced once, and then it continues on into the present. So when he says, for we know and rely on the love that God has for us. We know because we experienced it one time, but we know right up into the present. We rely because we experienced that love and we've continued to rely on that love. It's something that goes on and on into our very present existence. That's how we know and rely on his love. Not because we just look backwards, but because right now, when we love one another, he dwells among us. And his love reaches full measure among us. And this is what causes us to keep on knowing and relying from the very first day we heard, from the very first day we believed. We still know and rely because he's doing it presently in our midst. And he says, so God is love. Anyone loves is in God and God in him and And then he goes into this little statement about love, there's no fear in love. Because in this life, we are as he is, is the literal Greek. In this life, in this world, we are as he is. See, if we are loving as loved, if we are living a life of love, he says, you don't have to fear judgment when Jesus appears. You should cast out all your fear. So now we're going to bring this down to planet Earth. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's message. Thanks for joining us for the First Loved Podcast. We'll bring you the conclusion of today's message next week. And Mark will return with his regular weekly podcasts in two weeks. If you'd like more information about FLM, visit us online at firstlovedministries.org. And have a great day. God bless. God bless.